Welcome back to History List. Siddhartha Gautama was a prince in North India in the 400s BCE. He lived a life of luxury and privilege within his palace walls with his family, blissfully oblivious to the realities of the world and its ways. A series of shocking discoveries changed his life, however, when he saw three people who lived outside, one of whom was sick, one who was old, and one who had died. Being told these things happened to everyone, the prince decided to leave his palace and find answers to these sufferings. India had, for thousands of years, a Brahmin tradition of sages and ascetics, a tradition that had morphed into Hinduism over time. Siddhartha begins his journey by living with the Brahmins, fasting until he is so emaciated he is nearly skin and bones. But this denial brings him no closer to the truth than the luxury in the palace had. He needed a middle way between these extremes. Leaving the Brahmins, he continued his journey, and sitting under the Bodhi tree, gains enlightenment, or nirvana. The fundamental insight of his enlightenment is this. The world is suffering. Desire is the root of all suffering. Eliminate desire, and you eliminate suffering. How you do that is by following the Eightfold Path, eight actions that eliminate desire from your life. With these insights, he is no longer Siddhartha, but the Enlightened One, the Buddha, and he begins preaching his teachings. In the context of Hindu India, Buddhism is seen as a way out of the constant cycle of rebirth that Hinduism teaches. Reaching nirvana means escaping the wheel of rebirth, known as samsara. The Dhammapada is the sacred Buddhist text that collects the sayings of the Buddha, but upon his enlightenment, his first speech, the Sermon at Benares, may be one of the most succinct encapsulations of the Four Noble Truths and the Four Truths Eightfold Path. Right views will be the torch to light his way. Right aspirations will be his guide. Right speech will be his dwelling place on the road. His gate will be straight, for it is right behavior. His refreshments will be the right way of earning his livelihood. Right efforts will be his steps, right thoughts his breath, and right contemplation will give him the peace that follows in his footprints. After this sermon, the Buddha continues to teach and sets up monastic orders for male and female followers, and wanders, advising royalty and growing old. The teacher, once called Siddhartha, appoints no successor, and tells his disciples not to think in such terms, before meditating and entering nirvana a final time. The faith he created spreads and increases in popularity in India. Most famously, the Maran Emperor Ashoka, who reigned from 268 to 232 BCE, does much to advance Buddhist teachings including spreading its ideas as far south as Sri Lanka. Initially a conqueror, 
Eventually, his destruction and bloodshed became abhorrent to him, and he converts to Buddhism. The famed pillars of Ashoka can still be found in India today, with his edicts inscribed upon them. Buddhism becomes incredibly popular and spreads well outside of India, taking on different aspects as it does so. Moving east, it takes hold in China, shedding much of the trappings of Hinduism, and then on to Korea and Japan and Southeast Asia, as we'll examine in the medieval period. As the faith developed, certain concepts and practices became ascribed to it, from vegetarianism to distinctions in style of meditation and different prayers. While Buddha is not a god, he is enlightened, and so prayer became part of the more religious side of the faith. Statues became common, noting that the Buddha is not a fat, smiling person. That is the later Chinese Buddhist monk, Budai. You can see where the confusion arose from. The Indian prince who escaped the wheel of death and rebirth, who realized that the world's sufferings arises from our desires, and to remove desire is to remove suffering, ended up having an enormous impact on the world. One in ten people today follow his middle path, roughly half a billion people. Next time on History List, we return to China to examine the counter-philosophy to Taoism with the Zhou Sage Confucius.